0: I'll be very deep.
1: watching my fellow americans with your host spike cohen welcome to the show everyone welcome to my fellow americans welcome oh
2: thank you thank you so much we've got a we've got a great thank you thank you i keep forgetting i need to cut this thing thank you so much thank you thank you thank you welcome to my fellow americans i am literally Spike Cohen, I'm so happy for you that you're able to be here and spend this time with me, Spike Cohen. Um, This show is going to be so good that uh, I really, it would be criminal if you did not share this with all of your uh, Facebook friends. Uh, So feel free to share this video. Uh, Also feel free to comment uh, with any questions that you have for me and my guests or any opinions, uh, and we will uh, tell you if you're right or wrong. Um, If you are watching this on YouTube, please like this video, press subscribe, and then hit the bell. I, I don't know what the bell is. I'm told the bell is important. You got to hit the bell um, if you're on SoundCloud. Uh, press the follow button to follow this and everything else from my fellow Americans and Muddied Waters Media. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Uh, go on Instagram and slide up in our DMs. I don't. I don't. I'm not really sure what those are, but uh, we have people that handle our um, sliding in our DMs. So be sure to do that, like all the cool kids do. Uh, once again, as always, thank. Thank you very much to Muddied Waters Media for giving me this opportunity to broadcast myself to you live every week on My Fellow Americans. I would like to thank Kroger for the delicious Kroger drinking water that I drink on this and every episode of My Fellow Americans. Oh, that is delicious Kroger water. Uh, The music, the intro and the outro music uh, that is on this, and so far anyway, every episode of My Fellow Americans is by my good friend Joe Davi, J-O-D-A-V-I. Uh, find him on facebook find him on soundcloud go to his band camp buy everything that he has Um, as always shout out to teyron turks his mom and him Um, but let's get to it my guest tonight uh, is a certified libertarian party bigwig he's certified we certified him right before the show he is the newly elected at large representative for the libertarian national convention Um, he is actively working uh, to grow the libertarian party through outreach uh, positive messaging and BTFOing the filthy communists, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome onto my show, Joshua Smith.
1: How's it going, buddy? Thank you so much for having me on. I appreciate it,
2: Joshua. Thank you, Joshua. Thank you so much for joining my show. I'm really thrilled to have you on, and uh, I also appreciate your your comment contributions to to my last episode.
1: Good. Yeah. You know, someone's got to get the, the couch auction started early. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know. Right at
2: the beginning. Uh, I'm hoping Risa is, is in the comments doing that as we speak. <laughs> um, as I say to all Libertarian Party uh, people that I, I admire, I'm, I'm an anarchist slash ANCAP slash voluntarist, whatever you want. I'm an interco. leave me aloneist, And uh, I, I'm, I'm somewhat agnostic as to whether or not uh, electoral politics is actually a, a real way to, to accomplish anything in terms of having more freedom. Um, but having folks like you that, that give your time and, and see what you do gives me some hope that it's actually possible and I, and I applaud your efforts with that. So, so thank you.
1: Thank you. Hey, actually, I, I tell people this all the time. I say, look, there's two things that we do as libertarians. We can educate the population right. on free market principles and, and individual philosophy. And we can get people into positions not to achieve power, but to relinquish power. Now, you can do one of those things outside of the party, but you can do two of them inside of the party. So that's, you know, that's why I feel like the party is really important because we do get to we do get to educate people on this national uh, level. But we can also work really hard to get people into positions to relinquish power.
2: What what is it? What is it they say? um, Taking over and leaving you alone or something like that? Yeah, diabolically uh,
1: plotting to take over the world and leave you leave alone. Leave
2: everybody alone. I, which I like. I, I I um I'm a fan of, of leaving everybody alone. So I, I I do I applaud you on on all of your efforts. Um, first off, I, I always ask my my guests this to start off a show. What would you say brought you to where you are to libertarianism? Was it kind of a gradual evolution from some other political belief, or was there just sort of this sudden aha moment? What what kind of brought you there?
1: Yeah, it was. It's kind of a mixture of both, actually. I, you know, I served in the United States. Uh, Navy, and I was a big part of the shock and awe campaign uh, during Operation Iraqi Freedom. Actually, started I was sitting in the middle of the Gulf when George Bush declared war um, on Iraq. Yeah, yeah. On <laughs> Iraq. I, don't, I know you read my my uh, why I'm anti-war post. The yes, yeah. Uh, that I mean that that's really what brought me to a place in my life where I started thinking about the government not fixing things and not doing good stuff and so that really opened my eyes and then you know I I found Ron Paul not too long after that it, you know like most of us that are my age did uh, right. in 2008 you know we we saw this man who was speaking how we felt to to the nation and he was doing it on the big stage and and putting you know Giuliani in his place and and talking about blowback and and free market principles and so you know, that really got that really got the wheel spinning. And and right then I, I knew that I was a, a libertarian, but I had no idea there was a libertarian party. Right. You know, you know and so um, but I started reading, you know, David Bowes and and, Free, you know, uh, Hayek and Friedman and and Murray Rothbard. And it just it funny you know, and all that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I waited a little while on human action. I don't know if you guys know, but that book is about that thick. Right. Uh, <laughs> Working on it for my second time now to try and, and learn more is kind of, that's what I did with Adam Smith to, uh, you know, Wealth of Nations. I had to read it twice. It's just, it's, it's a hard read. Um, but yeah, so, so that really got me going on the philosophy and, uh, and, and I knew I was a libertarian and then I found a libertarian party sometime in 2010. It wasn't really a good vehicle for my, my activism at the time. Uh, they, they weren't looking for hyped up, youthful, ready to go activists, at least not the way I saw it. Okay. Um, so, I did a lot of my work outside the party until about two years ago. I came back to the party and um, I really, you know, I came back with a vengeance and I uh, became state leadership quickly. Um, and then, you know, last year I saw some things that I wasn't happy with coming from national, And um, you know, I did, uh, I, I was going to throw my name out there for chair and uh, I lost miserably, <laughs> but no, there's a be- No, no, it's
2: been you, you, uh, was there a better way to spend that. You came in second.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was yeah. So, well, the cool thing is, is that, that, you know, When I initially announced for chair of the Libertarian National Committee, uh, I had no thought that I could win it whatsoever you know um and towards yeah. the end there i mean we we got a lot of really good support we that walked into convention actually,
2: with, yeah i was like man yeah. i think he might he you had a shot i mean you did well you did
1: you oh did yeah that. we had, we had a good shot and and at the end of the day we took almost a quarter of, of the vote no one knew who i was a year ago we took almost a quarter That's of the vote I mean, yeah yeah for the most popular chairman in in 46 years right. and so it wasn't really a loss and then i still got on the the national committee i still have the same opportunities to do the things that i said i was going to do as chair um and i have more voting power because typically you know the the chair is, doesn't vote on things ty- right. t- typically, right. um, and so you know it's it's been a it's been a, a slow moving ten year course. But I mean, I know I've known I was a libertarian for the last ten years. I've been a, a registered libertarian voter. I haven't voted for any of the two old parties except for Ron Paul, and so which doesn't count. It doesn't yeah, it doesn't count. <laughs> it doesn't count. We didn't we didn't have Ron a viable. Home count. Program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, and. 2008 where we, we had Bob Barr, you know what I mean? Or, or Wayne Allen Root and like all these people. And it's like, why would people get mad at Ron Paul for running on the GOP ticket? It just, it, it hurts me inside to think about who we were working with and why we weren't working with Ron Paul was because of who we were working with. You know what I mean? And well, so I mean,
2: even more recently you think I, I'm a, I'm a Gary Johnson fan. I think I'm actually a Facebook friend for them, but you know, I, there are times when things are going bad and I, can't help but think how much better things would be if we had elected Bill Weld. Like, you know, maybe, I don't know, maybe you have a different opinion than me, but I, you know, moderate Republican, somewhat pro-gun control governor. Uh, I don't know, maybe he's changed, but i i i a little bit of a tough pill to swallow for me.
1: Yeah, we got to run better candidates, man. You know, at the end of the day, we have great candidates running all over the country. We have over, I think we have almost 900 candidates that we're running now and and through November uh, across the nation, which is huge for us. That's a huge deal. You know, they set this goal of of 2,000 candidates uh, for this election cycle. We almost hit half. um, So I don't think I don't feel like that's a big loss either. I think it's great that we have these many this many candidates. But we need to make sure that we are constantly. Uh, working to help them build up their activism, build up their profile, build up their, their reputation so that when it does come time for the big show every four years, we have those candidates at hand ready to go. You know what I mean? Otherwise, we get... You know ex-republican governors running uh, on the same ticket together and that's you know all due respect yeah with all due respect look (laughs) i I like i like gary johnson you know i I, he wasn't he wasn't my pick in 2016 but i definitely rallied behind my campaign for him in washington because at the end of the day no one was going to bring more liberty to the white house than gary johnson and bill will at at the time at the time you know after nomination process with those
2: choices present right compared to hillary
1: and 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 jill stein and and
2: trump dumb yeah Yeah, Yeah, absolutely so
1: it's it's you know we, we we kind of pigeonhole ourselves sometimes you know i am i am a libertarian purity guy i believe that you know that's our north star and that's where we need to be headed at all times um but but we sometimes we're so nitpicky when it comes to that purity that we forget that there are still steps we can take before the murray rothbard button right. you know what i mean and <laughs> which and is it's, what i have it, a hard time with because i'm like i want anarchy
2: now yeah, yes <laughs> yesterday scary. right okay not now okay now then yes yeah so yeah so i the incrementalism i get it i get that there are 320 plus million people but it, it's a tough one for me because it, yeah. it especially when we're headed Continuing to head in the other direction. It's like, no, let's, let's go this way. But I guess that's what incrementalism is, right?
1: So it's- yeah. Well, it's, it's it, you know, and I, I just had this argument with Patrick Smith, who's, you know, super, super principled. I, I love him and I love the principled guys. I'm a principled guy myself. I am 100%. Um, and he said, I can't vote for somebody who's still. Has an inkling of authoritarianism. So, like, so like we, you know, if we have someone who just wants to collect a five percent tax for education or something, I can't vote for that person. Why? Why would we pigeonhole ourselves and not get anything? It's like that, the whole cut off your nose to spite your face argument, right? You know what I mean? And
2: I get his argument that you're conceding that taxation is legitimate and all of that stuff, but at the same time, I look at my tax bill and I'm like, yes, five percent sounds good like you know that you know that you know if if all things being considered that that probably is better than what we're we're doing now even if it's not purely fitting with my principles
1: Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's you know, and that's kind of what I conceded to eventually because I you know I am an anarchist and I have no problem saying that. Yeah, freely. I was going to. So, are you like an yeah. ancap or? I, I didn't yeah.
2: know. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, cool.
1: I'm, a, I'm a total. Uh, absolutely. You know, I'm a Murray Rothbard libertarian, and and I I, I I love anarcho capitalism. I believe capitalism is the the most free, uh, you know, exchange of of goods and services and and right. capital and and so yeah, absolutely. I, I am. I haven't really been calling myself. Uh, an ancap, you know, publicly to a lot of people, I just typically say voluntarist. I want a voluntary society. I want people to have voluntary interactions. Right. Um. And and that's a little softer for a lot of people. And then we also have these, you know, these other people that are now calling themselves ancaps, like Chase for and That's the Jared problem, Howell. right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's and these guys are they're excuse my French, they're shitheads, and they're not anarcho-capitalists. No. Um. They don't believe in a free society, and and so those people have kind of kind of tarnished the term yeah, and cap. point. Yeah. 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 And so, yeah. and so I, we, you know, a lot of us have just started saying voluntarist because at the end of the day, that's what we are. Right. You know? I very briefly was calling
2: myself a radical capitalist, not knowing. And one day someone said, you mean like, um, Chris Cantwell. And I'm like, yeah. And then and so so I realized I thought you know maybe I had to look into who Chris Cantwell is and I looked and I'm like holy crap I can never say that again. So yeah. uh, so I took yeah. that off my but it sucks cuz I kind of am a radical an actual radical capitalist so it's true yeah. you know, when terms get you know co-opted you get kind of screwed there. So obviously uh, you know besides the and you've been sort of touching on this but besides the the fame and fortune, of course. Uh, wh- what would you say? You know, was the main thing that led you to run for chair of the LNC? What was it that? Would you say that kind of stood out the most? That you said, I think I need to be, you know, uh, uh, doing this.
1: I think uh, I, so. Uh, the road to me wanting new leadership in the Libertarian Party it ran right through the 2016 elections. Okay, you know, I, I felt like we could have done a lot more. Um, I, you know, I, being a Libertarian and also campaigning for the libertarian presidential nominee in Southern Washington, right across the border from Portland, Oregon. That's very left. Right. I had no help. I had no help. And I, and I didn't see, I didn't see a big, uh, you know, groundswell of, of Gary Johnson's support in that area from, from anybody. And, um, so, you know, I kind of, I kind of started looking into it and then, and that, you know, that was around the same time that I joined the party anyways. And so I didn't really know what was going on. And I started really, really getting into it. And I started watching um, leadership. And I started watching, you know, Nick do some things that I didn't agree with, like attacking Tom Woods, you know, for, for yeah, get that. crap. Yeah. And, and he's doing it right now. on With, on, with on Eric. and Twitter. Yeah. Eric and, Eric yeah, July and the Talib
2: quality thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. At, at some point you have to understand that those two gentlemen are libertarians and not only are they libertarians combined, they have a following of well over, you know, 150,000 people at least, you know, and, 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 and what Eric's doing is he's going out and changing culture right. to a more libertarian culture. For me, music and Tom's doing it through straight up education, economics, and history. You know, and these and these people are libertarians and we have and we have the the national chairman of the Libertarian Party starting Twitter beefs with them. And so this was the kind of stuff that I saw over that two year stint where I said, no, no, we're not going to do this anymore. Someone needs to go and challenge this, this current leadership. You know, we had Arvin Vora who be it as principled as he is his tactics were just horrible um and 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 god bless him he's a nice guy I, know, I have a place him. in my heart for arvin yeah, not Arvin's his messaging great. but
2: his philosophy and the fact that like he clearly doesn't care what anyone thinks about no no he
1: and, and he's a nice guy he's yeah. a nice guy he's oh, a I'm great sure, sure he is, speaker yeah. Yeah. amazing speaker you know, he can run a meeting, he can do a lot of stuff. But they just—we had—it was like these polar opposites, where one was trying to push all these principled libertarians away from the party right. and pander and pander to the two old parties, right? right, right. And try and get these, these failed Republicans and these felled Democrats to join the Libertarian Party because right, right. that's going to make us more libertarian, yeah. And then we had and then we the have, centrist party, right? Go yeah, ahead. and then we had the and then we had the the, the vice chair uh, pushing away all kinds of veterans and everything, you know. And being a veteran myself, that it was it was such a hard road for me because i am very principled right. and i am super anti-war it is my number one policy issue um you know and then and then the drug war and so on and so forth and, right, the Fed right, and all right. that good stuff um but but you know that that type of messaging doesn't help us out in the mainstream at all and i guess, and, okay, go yeah, ahead go ahead Sorry. no no so so that i mean that was you know i saw this going on and i'm like why why are we attacking real libertarians that aren't in the party yet why aren't we trying to get the real libertarian well, well i'd rather you know i've heard this argument so many times so i'd rather go out and Um, get people who are from the Republican and Democrats and bring them into the party first. Well, there's hundreds of thousands of small libertarians across the country that aren't in the party right now. They're not registered libertarian voters. They're not helping our campaigns. Why don't we pander to our own first? You don't don't have to pre-educate them. You don't have them
2: saying stuff like, well, we need to save Social Security and then get to break down why that's not a good idea. They already get it. If anything, you have to kind of rein them in on things like incrementalism. I'd much rather do that. If I were in your position, then find like someone who doesn't like how Trump is treating, uh, you know, immigrants or illegals or whatever, but then have to convince them that Medicare for all isn't a good idea. Like, you know, I mean, that I, that's right. a that I mean, ultimately, you have to do both, I guess, if you want to get enough votes to, to win in, in a state or national election. But that's a much easier bridge to cross to convince a libertarian, hey, look, we got to get the normies too. Or, you know, right. we're not we're not going to get this done. I, like I said, I, I I get, and this is something I told I told Risa last week, I, I struggle with the, the messaging because um, I'm very, I'm philosophically driven. So when I hear, you know, like with Arvin or something else, and I hear these sort of logical conclusion arguments, I'm like, yeah, I can get that. But you have to meet people where, where you are. And, and so I sort of equate it to, because I, I do sales and I, I equate it to, you know, if, if, if you're cold calling for a service to, to try to get someone, they don't know who you are and you contact them and go, Hey, look, you're a loser because you don't use my service. And, uh, and you know, you're going to fail miserably. And also your your kid who just signed up for the military is a murderer. And I hang up on them. The odds of them calling back and going, Hey, what, what, what's, what about that service you were telling me about? That sounds really good. Like, you know, that's not going to work. So I I get it. I, I, I get what it is, but I, I, you know, our politics are so outside of most people's Overton windows that you sort of have to, Reel them in a little bit before you can go full uh, full Murray Rothbard on them. I guess. Yeah,
1: you, you have to you really have to think out your outreach. You got to think about who you're talking to. You got to play to your audience, which is always really really important. You know, people call me online; they call me a troll a lot, but I'm just playing to my audience. Uh, you know, it and and there's a reason for that. You know, we have these people in the party right now that are you know they look like Democrats, they look like Republicans, uh, and and pandering to the two old tribes it doesn't make you more libertarian; it makes you more like the old tribe. And so, so yeah, I troll some of those people sometimes and I, and I, and I talk a little smack, but when I'm doing real outreach, cause you know, this is, this is another thing that they, you know, they're always like, oh, you spend all your time doing this. No, I'm spending my time working my, my ass off. First of all, right. uh, you know, and, and so um, when I'm doing that kind of stuff, it's different, you know, it, and it is hard to do outreach as a libertarian, but you just got to play to your audience. That's the important, that's the most important thing you can do when you're talking to the left about anti-war stuff and the, ending the drug war and prison reform. We're talking to the right, we bring up economics issues. You just right. have to know your audience. You get it, right? Yeah, you have, to, you have yeah. to do
2: that because later on down the road, you can get into philosoph- you can, or even in the beginning of that, you can say we're against this because and get into, you know, laissez-faire theory and 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 you know proprietarianism and stuff like that but focus on what they agree with you on then when they're in and they're helping you with stuff you can start talking about these other things uh, you know I didn't become what I am overnight I was a neocon around the time of the the you know uh, the the nine eleven and running up to that and then you know over that I sort of become a paleocon, constitutionalist conservatarian libertarian minarchist now I'm an ANCAP so I mean it's it sort of you know it, but it took. You know, being exposed to that, you know, incrementally over the course of, in my case, years, um, before before that happened. So, so I know I definitely I definitely agree with you on that. Um, as we as we discussed, you are the newly minted, uh, at large, uh, rep for the LNC. So, congratulations on on, on that. Yeah. Um, describe to me, uh, what your goals are. You, you, you've been touching on this, but you know, what would you say your main goals are at the LNC without using the words tent, uh, or I don't know. Duh. No, I'm kidding. You, you want? You, <laughs> you, want, want, you won't hear me say. You.
1: you won't hear me say intent too often. Okay. I, good. You know, good. I actually I posted about this on on uh, on Twitter the other day. I said, um, you know, the big tent's great, but if you burn the tent down, you don't have a tent. You don't you have, a tent have a tent. You have a bunch of
2: dead people in the
1: tent. <laughs> anymore and so no my my goals uh, are the same as they were before you know i i want to double the size of our national memberships uh by the end of 2019 we're currently sitting around 15,000 national members it's not enough we got to pump those numbers up they're rookie numbers uh, you know uh and i i still want to raise as much money as humanly possible in 2019 i'm currently putting together a motion to create an actual paid fundraising team for the libertarian national oh, Committee. Wow. okay which is something that we've never done. Uh, we have a gentleman named Robin Corner. If you're familiar, he was the one who uh, built blue Republicans for Ron Paul. It was one of the biggest political coalitions in history. And uh, and he's working on some new marketing and uh, branding strategies for the party that I think we're going to try to roll out sometime after our LNC meeting in the end of September. Nice. Uh, and so this is all the stuff that I talked about doing, you know, when i was running for my chair campaign new branding new marketing strategies we've been historically terrible at branding and marketing in the party um you know while while the two old parties are using all the super upgraded perfect amazing tech and marketing and branding and and we're like you know newspapers rolling they have, out they have data vaults and like i mean they're on a yeah. different level yeah yeah, yeah. It's now building, you know, a, a CRM, you know what I mean? And so it's like we have a long ways to go to catch up. Uh, but but 46 years has kind of lagged because we spent so much time sitting around arguing about philosophy that we forgot to do things that make a national political party a national political party, like, uh, you know, winning elections and supporting our candidates. Yeah, you know, and- like
2: having actual like electoral victories, the, right. the, because there is a place for the philosophical end of it. So if you've yeah. influenced the conversation, that's still a good thing. The the most, most it helps to win
1: some elections too. So here's the, the most important philosophical part of our party is our candidates educating the public on philosophy. Right. We are a mixed crowd of libertarian in the national party. Uh, you know, there are ANCAPs, right. there, are, there are minarchists, there are classical liberals, there's constitutionalists. You know, these people want to shrink the government yep. and, and get get them out of our pockets out of our bedrooms out, out of our marriage you know all the stuff that we want to do we're on the same page some of us just want to take it a few exits
2: we are we're all going in the same direction it's it's an issue of how far in the same i want to go to dead end and then get out of the car and like sit in the park at the end there and like yeah
1: fence and we'll take it five or six more yeah absolutely yeah uh and and this is where we get into the socialist thing. People are like, "Well, if you already have all those kinds of libertarians in the party, why don't you uh, why don't you think socialists belong in the party? Well, they're not individualist uh philosophies. They're not uh they're not, you know, working towards uh an end goal of the individual being the the smallest and most important minority. And so that to me is, you know, that's where I kind of had some issues with it. Now, if somebody wanted to start their own commune and co-op and do all that stuff, I don't have any issues with that. But when we start talking about, um, you know, lining up business owners against the wall, you know... Be- and killing them for owning things.
2: It, it, I, I talked about this with Risa, you know, it, it, like you said, if someone wants to individually have, a, you know, like the, the Jews with the kibbutzes in Israel or whatever, if you want to have an individual commune and you guys all decide to do everything in common and whatever, that's fine. But in order for it to be voluntary... And in order for you to be at peace and in possibly some collaboration with outside groups that don't want to be in a commune, you have to respect property rights, your own and others. Otherwise, because if I go, okay, I'm going to just voluntarily have this commune, but I don't respect anyone's property rights. What you're really saying is, once I have the means to do so, I'm expanding this commune into other people's properties, and and that's not at least the way that libertarianism was 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 founded, or or that the Libertarian Party was founded. That's not what the Libertarian Party is. I, I know the argument, the original term libertarianism was coined by French socialists or whatever. And I always like to say, you know, okay, great. But then you guys abandoned libertarianism. We homesteaded it. And, uh, you know, it's ours now. You can't claim okay. property and, and stop trying to rent it to us.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, you know, that's where therein lies the problem, right? Is right. anytime I've asked them, so you, you're you a voluntary socialist. Yes. Okay. Perfect. Say I want to have two houses. One is, <laughs> one is a summer house in, in the Hamptons. You know, I mean I have my normal home in Texas. Right. Uh, well, how are you going to protect your second house? I shouldn't have to.
2: Wait, wait. I shouldn't from, have to. from who? From you? Because here's the thing. The the short answer to that, when because I'll get into these endless uh, rabbit hole debates on Facebook or whatever, and people say, "Well, who will protect it?" That's up to me to decide who will protect it. And 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 ultimately, in yeah. a in, in a in a world where we're competing for scarce resources, there is no um utopia where i don't have to protect my property i get that my question is from who right if if you're if you're saying how am i going to protect it from you in what way is that libertarianism or at least the way we're talking about it how is that how how are we showing self ownership here if uh, unless we're taking some kind of egoist route where every every person for themselves and you know i can just you know take your stuff and that's okay cuz i did it if we're trying to operate within some kind of this is your stuff this is my stuff how is that going to work without without respect for property
1: yeah and it has to and that's and that's you know that's where my whole argument came from and that's why you know i was a big proponent of the resolution to reaffirm our property rights in, in the libertarian party our, our stance on prop, private property rights because you know at the end of the day I, i've spent a year debating these people um I, i've been in the trenches of this war long before the lnc got involved at all right uh, and, and these are people who are members of the party, um, and are doing outreach and are recruiting more people who believe I have no right to defend a home that I'm not living in full time. They believe that I have no right to rent my property out that I either built paid for or traded for. And, uh, to me, that is not what libertarianism was about. That's not what the party is fighting for that goes directly against our platform. And so, That was why I raised the big stink about it, you know. And I did, and I, and I, you know, people are upset that I was was vehemently trying to reaffirm a principle that we shouldn't even have to be reaffirming. Well, and that was the
2: thing they were comparing it to McCarthyism, which demonstrates that, to me, it demonstrates that they don't see much difference between individual human action and and government force. You weren't saying let's, you know, jail commun, you know, jail ancoms or or whatever. You were saying this doesn't belong in our party if they want to be a part of the party fine but they need to acknowledge that the party has the words laissez-faire capitalism and proprietarianism in you know founding charter documents or whatever that that's that's what it's for so um yeah it's it's been a very odd odd thing okay.
1: to me yeah everyone kept comparing it to a purge saying that it was some giant purge and that I was a McCarthyist and, and no, it wasn't, it wasn't about purging people. It was about making sure that everyone that comes to this party knows what we stand for on
2: the same page. Exactly. Yeah. I, 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 I agree a hundred percent on that. I think that the whole, I'm glad that that conversation was at least started. Cause I think it, I think it needs to be started. Um, now you're also one of the co-founders of think Liberty, uh, think Liberty, which is uh has a website and I guess you guys have a podcast and, you even sell merchandise. I, I need to start selling hats.
1: Yeah, we, or do, we do a lot of stuff. We, you know, we started out as uh four best friends who uh if you're familiar with the other website, Dankertarians. Yes. Okay, so originally the four of us that founded Think Liberty, we founded Dankertarians with Matt Kino, the socialist who or communist who ran for chair against me, and uh Corbin Brown from Tennessee, who's a cool guy. He's a left libertarian i don't i don't really know where he stands on property he goes back and forth but anyways uh so the six of us started dankertarians together and that was oh that was going to be our our think liberty this was when matt uh the cat was still identifying as an as an anarcho-capitalist and so we all got along we all had the same goals and visions and then uh, it kind of turned into this dumpster fire and so we had that past already and then um, when I decided to run for chair, he was very upset and and decided he was going to run against yeah, me. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. So I didn't know he was originally an an ANCAP. I didn't I didn't know that.
1: Yeah, he his uh, his philosophy switches with the with the seasons. So uh, and he's never read a philosophy book, and he'll tell you that. I, 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 I saw I saw
2: somewhere where he had said, "I don't really read a lot. I I just um, how do you say? Um, I'm I'm paraphrasing what he said, but essentially along the lines of." You know, he's going with what with what people are, are saying. Um, which was kind of odd. You got me back? Oh, are you back?
1: I think so. You got oh, video?
2: You're back. Yeah, I got your video. Yeah.
1: All right, cool. I don't know what happened, it just kicked me out. Okay. I'm, no, blaming, no. It. I'm blaming you, Spike. I'm blaming it's,
2: you. it's probably my fault. It's it's <laughs> you know, we're we're thirty four minutes in and didn't start the auction, so that's probably it. Um Hey,
1: yeah, what's going on? Nobody started couch auction. I yet? I don't I don't get buzz. what's
2: going on. Ashanti sent me the link from Craigslist and, and we're still saying <laughs> like Schmucks. Um uh uh i so uh, around december and january i was so hard into couch auctions that my wife was like please stop with the couch auctions because she would go and she's like are you on another strangers live video I'm like no I I got a buddy
1: I got a buddy who's uh who is an epic troll around the internet and you may (laughs) if you know him you know him by the name squiggly lines guy oh yeah yeah
2: yeah yeah. Kevin yeah
1: yeah yeah and he uh he goes into these things and starts telling you know the the news clips uh, that are live that don't have any sound he tells he tells them. yeah he says he tells them if you hit F and then do something that, right, that right. you'll hear sound and they're all just all these f's it's it's pretty funny he's a, he's a funny troll yeah I, um, st-
2: I started doing that i would write type audio to hear sound and people just audio 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 and the funny thing is it'll be going three four minutes later no one saw what i wrote but they they saw someone else wrote audio and so they're right
1: oh I, yeah it's great i love it it just goes on forever why yeah that? these people it's it's the internet man it's you know that's why when people are like People are like, oh, man, you're just a troll. You're a petty troll. I'm like, it's Facebook and it's it's the internet. And we're the Libertarian Party. God, if we were able to get some media just because I trolled someone in a Facebook group, that would be wonderful. That's, That's earned media. Yeah, that'd be that is, wonderful.
2: That is earned media. That is you on national news. Like, why are you asking about couch oxes? Well, while I have you here, let me tell you.
1: About, <laughs> while I have you here, let, let me, me tell me, you about the free market. Exactly. I, let me.
2: Let me. Have you Have you heard about? Uh, what, can I introduce you to my uh, Lord and Savior, Propertarianism? Um, so yeah. Yes. So I think
1: some people. I think some people take the you know national leadership too seriously when it comes to some things, and and not seriously enough when it comes to others. And I think one of them is, you know, they expect us to be these stuffed shirts all the time, and and it's you just can't be. Uh, a libertarian and be a stuffed shirt all the time. If you are, you probably need to start looking into your, your philosophy.
2: <laughs> we have a president who gives us his stream of consciousness on Twitter.
1: <laughs> God, no, and all Full on boomer posting. <laughs>
2: every- oh, Constant boomer, all caps and everything to the president of whatever, do not threaten. I mean, if, and it honestly is a major part of why he won. So if that works, then the couch auction should get us at least, you know, solid, solid second. <laughs>
1: Memes put him. I mean, memes really put him into the White House. I mean, they really, really did. It's insane what just passing around tons of ridiculous, stupid did for the presidential election. And people don't understand that. You know, we, we we're always having this issue with our social media around the country. Right. For- national and for state parties and local parties and people are, there's always this 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 like headbutting between one person in the party and another person in the party and one's like no we need informational text posts no we need memes. And it's like we need to balance both right right, right, right. fire memes because that gets people to come to your car it's just how it works and, and you know it's it's a new era where young people we don't have very good uh memory or uh, uh, attention spans anymore. We want something that fits it. Gonna get know. it real quick, yeah, yeah. It's you know we don't we don't want to read these long paragraphs. We want something that tells us the you know the the meat of what you're trying to say in four or five sentences tops. And uh, so memes are a really they're important thing. And and you know that was another thing I thought our social media wasn't being running very well. And you know if you look at us at Think Liberty, we were able to garner over twenty thousand likes in less than a year uh, off from the ground. You know what That's I mean? It's crazy. Yeah, that's you know that that kind of stuff is all. It's you know it's this new generation of people. And we want to we want to get them excited for our causes, and you know if we're constantly you know you need to read a Murray Rothbard book, or, <laughs> the entire book before we talk. Yeah, read read uh, the, you know argumentation ethics by Hopper. Or read you know, and it's like it's like people don't want to do that. Come up with some fire memes, yeah. People, yep. then we can talk to them. Like we're like we're a normal adult human, you know and, and uh, so yeah, that's uh it's it's all important stuff, but you know we got to have some fun with it and I think you know if we want to get the younger generations, you know who aren't voting right now, you know sixty percent of the population is not voting a that's lot the of that. Thing. Is-
2: I always say none of the above wins every election because people vote with their feet and if their feet stay planted on the ground on their on their couch and they don't they don't go anywhere, that's that's who won the election in my mind. people saying I don't think any of these people should be elected. Um, so um I mean if Trump get, like if Trump can get elected with 4chan and 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 boomer posting then you know some good dank memes are, are not going to hurt the cause I don't think I, I oh, think we, you know,
1: you know, it's important you know we we got to we got to get with the times and I think uh, you know, with the Libertarian Party for the last 46 years, has always just been a little bit behind on what's what's popular, and and a little bit behind, you know, and 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 you can see it in you know these left wing libertarians yelling at the right wing libertarians at their right wing populists, and the right wing libertarians yelling back at the left wing popul uh, uh, libertarians at their left wing populists, and it's like right, right. populism isn't a bad thing. <laughs> we 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 need to get out there. And show people that we are, you know, our, not only are our ideas good, but we're not all neckbeards and, and fedora hats sitting in our parents' basement. You know what I mean? And so the only way we're going to do that is if we do it, you know, we, we have a little bit of pop culture. A little, no, you know I what I mean?
2: I agree. I agree. And, and that's how we are. I mean, again, we are, some of us are some of the biggest internet trolls out there. I, I, I'm not sure how I rate, but I, I'm just, I'm somewhere between normie. And uh, not quite ready to join 4chan somewhere somewhere in there. Um, but uh, uh, so I, I'm probably more normie territory, but it's, I, a, big
1: I, span, it's yeah, a big span, buddy. Yeah, no, I know. And, and I,
2: I, I've, I've seen some of the, the upper echelon stuff and I'm like, no, I don't think I'm ready for that. But I uh, um, we're like that. So why wouldn't we be like that in our in our marketing, especially if that works? So no, I I agree with you 100. percent And speaking of posting, you had written we we talked about this a second ago. You had written what I thought was a pitch perfect post about why you're anti-war. Um, and in fact you used the hashtag uh, uh, why I'm anti-war. Um, and I, I didn't
1: I haven't which seen... was it started by the Libertarian Institute and Scott Horton by the way that that uh, oh, hashtag. Okay is not my doing that was scott horton and uh a lot of people posted posts about why they're anti-war with that hashtag so if anybody else wants to do it make sure you keep doing it keep it trending because it's a it's a really good topic to talk about and it's opening a lot of eyes
2: yeah absolutely and and in your post you talked about being anti-war you you talked about your time in the military and how 9-11 that kind of motivated you to join and then how when you were there you became you know disillusioned by what you saw and i just thought it was really we talked about messaging in particular with with veterans and there's, there's, I guess, two main ways to go about being anti-war or even anti-military in terms of what the military is now, not, not, not just something that gets raised up for common defense, but this sort of perpetual war power uh, that's you know, trying to you know, uh, create an empire and how you bridge that gap. Um, you know, one way to go about it is, is what I think, what you did with your post where you talked about your experience and why why you joined and what your intention was and what you actually saw when you were there. The other way to do it is to say, well, you know, the logical conclusion is that you're all murderers, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. that's a great way to, to, to wheel someone, especially someone, you know, if you have someone, I, I think about a lot of my, my friends that are veterans, some of them have PTSD, some of them are dealing with all sorts of guilt issues, some of them are dealing with physical trauma, uh, you know, there's all sorts of stuff that, that they, they've lost friends, they, all sorts of stuff. And Here's where you could really reach them with an empathetic message that's like you know we get it we get why you did this and, and and we want to make sure that this doesn't continue to happen or you can say yeah well you're a murderer or if you joined for you know economic reasons then you're a murderer for hire like I mean you know and, and if you go about it that way what's the percentage on of, that you think you're gonna you know convert of, of
1: the of people in that in that situation not not very many not five, very- five <laughs> maybe maybe one and a half percent probably less here here's the thing you know, and my favorite my favorite saying is, is, of course, I support our troops and that's why I support bringing them home and letting them heal. Right. Uh, you know, and, and so um, it's 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 much easier for people who have actually lived that life, mm-hmm. who've actually been in the service oh, yeah. to do that, to do that type of outreach. When you have, you know, a silver spoon kid uh, that was given a business by his parents. That's a vice chair of a a national uh, political committee uh, telling soldiers that they're all murderers and that they are all hypothetically stupid. Yeah, yeah, hypothetically. Uh, Is that where that happens? it's a problem because one, you never had to live that life. You, uh, you know, I was, I was poor. I grew up dirt poor, you know, uh, uh, with my a single mom that worked free jobs and, and, you know, I was bouncing. And like I said, I was bouncing around from couch to couch at like 17 already and I, I didn't have much going for me. And it was, it was the one thing that I saw, you know, that, that would give me an option to try and make a life for myself. Um, and I wasn't a libertarian at the time, you know, and I thought I was doing the right thing. And so once you've done that, once you've lived that that life once you've built that camaraderie with you know our brothers and sisters that that are also doing that it's a lot easier for you to do outreach because you understand the mental turmoil that you go through uh after being in the military you understand the promises that were made you understand uh the the I- idealism that you had when you joined uh, you know it's 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 kind of it's one of those things you where, I where think they were like you're able yeah. to meet them where they were yeah yeah. yeah, exactly. And which is very important is something that we, you know, Larry Sharp talks about that a lot, meet them where they're at, you know, and, right. and so it's 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 a lot easier. And I think if we're doing outreach to, to veterans, and by the way, you know, if you look at Ron Paul and Gary Johnson, all these libertarian candidates, they always get the most donations from active and, and um, reserve and, and uh, veterans. Of, and they, and they pull very well in, in military yes. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which and, tells and you something. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason it's because we know, we saw, We've seen it scene, right our, yeah, we see what our foreign policy does with our own eyes. We see the, the wasteful spending and, and so let, let the veterans do outreach to the veterans. No, I it's important. It's important that you let the veterans do outreach to the veterans because, at the end of the day, they're the ones who know how to talk to veterans without uh, push people away from our, our, you know, our goals and our causes. And so I think when we're talking about foreign policy, that's a, that's a really good thing for the party to, to take a huge stance on. But uh, when it comes to veterans, you know, if, if you haven't been a veteran, uh, talk to a veteran at least and find out, you know, what would you say to another veteran to try and do outreach for a libertarian party or the libertarian cause? Because they're always going to know better because they lived it. It's, it's a completely separate life. It's like going to prison. You know what I mean? It's like the same it, it thing. Is, like, there are some very strong yeah, parallels
2: between that and going to prison. You've you, One is voluntary, thing. but it's a lot of signing your life away going on there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, it is, you, you wouldn't go up to some dude in prison and tell him, tell him, you know, this is what you need to do because you've never been to prison and you have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Prisoners
2: are jerks. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're, bu- you're just a bunch of murderers. Right. Yeah. Uh, so. You know, I, I think that's important that we have veterans who are doing veterans outreach for for libertarian causes because they're already they already lean very libertarian. A lot of people come back and they're anti-war after serving in a war. You know what I mean? Uh, it's I'm not a I'm not like some. You know, rare case. It's a, it's a normal thing. I, I have a lot of friends that feel the same way, and have very come very often, that, yeah. yeah.
2: If they're not anti-war in general, they're just like, "What we're doing doesn't work." Because I was there and I saw it, and it doesn't work. Yeah. And it's
1: the mission's corrupt. We're not going to win a war in Afghanistan, you know. And and if you, if none of you guys have read Scott Horton's book, Fools Errand, do it. It'll explain this to you much better than I ever could. Um, but you know we're we're fighting in caves and caverns and mountains and and we don't even know all the terrain there. We'll never win a, a war in Afghanistan. That's why we've been there for almost thirty years. Well, then, <laughs>
2: when, when you when you and I try not to be put my tin hat on but when you look at and these are declassified public record documents when you look at the history that the the pentagon and the state department have in literally funding terror groups that they're simultaneously oh, yeah. fight. they fund them in this country and then they're fighting them over here there's a yeah. part of me that thinks you know how is this not wag the dog like how is this not just you it's know what it is. a jobs it's program what it is. For, for and yeah. and a you know a stimulus program for weapons contractors where you're creating your enemy over here and then you got to bomb your enemy over here like it's just do they want to win like i it, it seems if you win then you know lockheed martin stock goes down like you know i i i i and i True. hate to, i hate to say it that way but it that's really i it, it seems like they they're very they are very uh cavalierly and um in a uh, what's the word i'm looking for um they're playing with people's lives and 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 not just the, the the lives of the service people, but the ones that are being killed over there, and it doesn't seem now like they necessarily want playing, to win. They're not playing.
1: They're not playing with lives. They're taking lives. Yeah, they're taking lives. Uh, and and a lot of it is for profit, you know. And that's it's true. I mean, if we if we ended all our wars tomorrow, Lockheed Martin would just dump. They wouldn't know what to do. I'm sure. I'm sure their stock dumped when uh, John McCain died the other day. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's it, it's uh it's and it's true. You know, we we well, we they do. made we, there was that thing that was viral where it was Lockheed
2: Martin. They put out like the statement that this like official statement about the missing John McCain. And I'm like, man, how many politicians get like a send off from Lockheed?
1: <laughs> well, and it is true. We, we, we create these terror cells and then we, we have to down the road when we, we instill our, our puppet leaders and right, then we take right. them out of power. And we put new puppet leaders in and we're going to give you democracy. And, you know, and it's, uh, it's ridiculous. And it's, it's, it's the broken window fallacy on a, on a Nash on an international scale. Oh yeah. You yeah. know, it's, It's exactly what it is. We're creating our own problems. And that was one of the things that really opened my eyes uh, from Ron Paul was talking about blowback. You know, we killed somebody's father 30 years ago in war, and now his son is a 30-year-old terrorist, and we're wondering why. You're yeah. wondering why, you know, and and so that you know that that was one of those things for me that really really opened my eyes was was you know I, I knew how I was feeling and then I heard Ron Paul speak about blowback and I was like, oh my goodness, this it's exactly what it is. It's the it's the it's the broken window fallacy. We are breaking windows and then going to fix the windows. So you know, <laughs> and, I mean? we're creating jobs to fix the windows. And that was
2: the thing. So in 04 when I first heard Ron Paul, I was again totally pro war, pro we got to you know install democracy and American values spread around the world, support Israel. And, uh, uh, and so when I first heard Ron Paul, I'm like, this guy hates America and he doesn't get it and blah, 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 blah. And when people are like, would say, you know, he pulls well among military and I'm like, well, I, don't, you don't know, I, 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 yeah, I, I, why he hates America hearing it again. No, it was really just like, a, well, <laughs> screw you too. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, block and delete. Um, but, uh, uh, this was pre-Facebook, but then in 08, uh, when I'm hearing him, you know, Pretty much say the same thing in front of Giuliani and in a booing crowd say, hey, look, 9-11 happened because they associate us with all these terrible things that are being done by our government. And how would you like it if, a, if a, a bomb fell next to your house and you felt the impact and all your windows broke and then you find out that your your best friend and your cousin died over there you know, because of something that none of you had anything to do with? Okay, great, you can talk about collateral damage over here. What does that actually look like to you? How Now, how much are you going to be willing to do whatever it takes? Put it this way, when 9-11 happened, you were ready to bomb the entire Middle East, and most of us were thousands of miles away or hundreds of miles away and didn't know anyone no. that it affected. Imagine if it's in your backyard and it's happening on a regular basis. How, how upset are you going to get? So, no, I... Well, that- I
1: yeah, Ron Paul gave a whole speech about that, and you can look it up on on YouTube. Uh, I don't remember the exact name of it, but there's even one that was done uh, d- like with a dramatic voiceover with music behind it. Imagine if China, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, imagine if China came over here and set up in your front yard. Yep, yep. And um, told you that if you cross this line, I'm going to shoot you right. in the face. What would you What would you do? Right. What would you do? You, you know, we don't we don't live that reality here. And and I think that's another reason why vets for doing outreach to vets is important because we've we've lived that reality and we've seen other people who live that reality over there. Yeah. Um. And but but people here they don't you know they don't live that reality. They just know that we're protecting our freedoms. Well, how the hell did my freedoms get in Iraq? I don't think my freedoms ever went to Iraq. Um. So, but it, you know, it's, and that's what it is. We we need people to understand that war is hell um, for everybody involved, except yeah. for except for the defense contractors, <laughs> and except for the politicians, for yep, yep. The politicians yep. you know, and, and, and they're sending, you know, they're sending us to war to, to die for special interests all the time, all yep. the time. And, and uh, you know, it's not, it's okay to be anti-war. It's okay to support our troops and still be anti-war because a lot of our troops are anti-war. <laughs> you know what no, I mean? I,
2: I know so many people that they waited for their deployment, their, uh, and I, this shows how little I know, but that whatever that cast them in active duty to end and they're just sort of biding their time hoping that nothing blows up and they're doing whatever they need to do and they're doing their job. I mean they're not being subversive or anything. They're not, you know, bucking right. high command or, or whatever. But as soon as they're out, they're like, man, I'm not going back in. I, I do not support what I did and, and and I'm glad I'm out. And, you know, they don't join the reserves. They don't go back into active duty because they don't they don't support it. And um, you know, you had posted about even Again, just to show how much you have to meet people, because we can be here arguing between minarchy, even though we're both ancaps, but, you know, we can we can have Risa on here and argue between minarchy and anarchy. And the vast majority of the world right now is saying things like, well, say what you want about Senator McCain, but he had strong convictions. And it's like, yeah, but what were those convictions? And you had talked about, you know, being respectful about his death, not celebrating it, um, but also being honest about the hundreds of thousands of, of deaths that have been caused by him and other war hawks in D.C., um, not to mention the millions who would have died if he had gotten his way with, you know, wanting to start nuclear war with everyone. Um, China, know, and, China Russia and Russia. China and Russia and everything else. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and then even you get into the tens of millions of Americans who have been imprisoned and killed by his drug. Well, not just his, but the drug war nonsense. I mean, it, it, there are many things you can say, oh, yeah, he had strong convictions. You know there are a lot of people that had very strong convictions that i you know i'm not going to even if they die i'm not going to go well we've got to respect them we can be respectful about their death but there there is that that line you have to that you that you kind of have to tread where you know when the Overton window is so far over to respecting someone like McCain, not just his death but who he was um it's so far from our principles and advocacies you know how do you thread that needle of, of respecting people's feelings while still telling them the truth um because honestly I don't even try most of the <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, well, and that's that's the thing, you know, and I, and I wanted to make that very, very clear in that post. And that post still, it butt hurt some people real bad. I mean, oh, yeah, there, were some yeah. real, there were some real butt mad people about that. <laughs> On post. both sides of that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everyone, everyone you and, equally and alienated thing, a like, lot of people, yeah. 50% of my newsfeed were people celebrating the death of John McCain, okay? Uh, 50% of my feed were people upset at the people who were celebrating the death of John, <laughs> John McCain. And, and some of those people were also calling John McCain... An American hero. Now, I, I I spend a lot of time on my personal profile in an echo chamber. Uh, I do, you yeah, know, it's yeah. I, you know, I when I started running for chair of the Libertarian National Committee, I had about twelve hundred friends. Uh, I knew most of those people personally. You know, I used to play music. I've toured and played music, and 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 I've been all over the country to like different places. And I was in the military, and so I know a lot of people. Right, I've right. met a lot of people, and I had twelve hundred Facebook friends, knowing a lot of people. Uh, now I'm almost to five thousand friends since I announced for chair a year ago, uh, and it's the majority are libertarians. So so when I see libertarians that are kind of uh, getting down on bended knee to worship somebody who perpetuated. 30 years of absolutely toxic foreign policy um, i need to make i need to make it very clear that uh, that is not a libertarian stance um, Libertarians do not support uh, continued foreign interventionism uh, in fact that should be the the party's biggest uh, policy is is ending war because it is the biggest waste of money. Um, it is a, a loss of innocent human lives. It is g- typically against the non aggression principle to uh, go to war with other countries who are having their own civil war or whatever it is we're going there for. Um, and so, I, I want to make it very clear. And I and I told people, you know, I I see a lot of you saying you're going to delete people for celebrating John McCain's death. Um, I don't celebrate death. Right. Uh, I don't I don't like death. Death uh, affects me deeply all the time. Uh, but, but I'm also, you know, I, I'm also not going to mourn for a man who uh, had, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions killed around the country because of his continued need to uh, go to war and, and fluff his pockets from, um, you know, war profiteer money. And so, you know, and, I, and so I said, if you're, if you're celebrating, how about this? If you're celebrating his life, delete me, <laughs> you know, and and I meant it like, look, I meant it. if If you're going to be mad at people. Who who I, I understand I sympathize with. They're happy that this man is no longer in Washington D.C. If you're going to be mad at those people because they're happy that that now maybe less people will die around the world, but they're happy about the one death. Yeah. Which again, yeah. I mean,
2: every person matters. I'm not I'm not uh, commoditizing his life or anything like that. But you know, uh, I had posted, and uh, you want to talk about people getting butt hurt. I said, you know, you you most of you celebrate. because most of my friends list is conservative. <laughs> My political friends list is conservative, and so I, I got a different uh, stream of people. I have a lot of libertarians, but most of them are conservative. And I said, "You celebrated when Bin Laden died. McCain killed so many more people. Oh than, yeah, yeah. than uh, than than Bin Laden did. You know. Now talk to me about you know not celebrating someone's death. And I and I noted. I said, Look, I'm not saying celebrate John McCain's death. Uh, although the memes were just, uh, um, but I'm not I'm not saying to do that. Uh, I'm not saying to get into that, uh, the horrible wormhole that I'm in, uh, and possibly you, um, but, uh, uh, but I'm also, and I'm not saying mourn bin Laden's death. I'm saying there's something to be said about consistency. If we, if we, if we, if we are okay with someone dying because they contributed to mass human suffering, then maybe we should always do that. Uh, and if we don't, then we maybe shouldn't always do that. And, and I got a lot of people upset. Well, he was in a, well, he was in a, cage a for seven yeah. years. Oh no. That's well, terrible. Why, we see this of all the people, of all the people that yeah. would not want to be, you know, he walked away from that experience and was like,
1: I want to do that to other people. Like, I, I, yeah. War, I war's bad, John. War's bad, John. War's hell. Yeah. You know, you know it. You firsthand. know it. Exactly. Yeah. That, well, and here, here's the thing. So we see this happen all the time. This is the, this is cognitive dissonance in, oh, yeah. in the United yeah. States. Um, you know, and it's the same. You know, we, we talk about terrorism. Uh, All the time. And anytime someone starts bringing up terrorism, they bring up Muslims, you know, and and a very, very small sliver fraction of mass murders in the United States. Are committed by uh, brown people from the Middle East. Very small. Uh, it's typically, you know, that same single white guy with the big buggy eyes that pulls out a gun at a video game uh, conference yeah, or absolutely. or uh, a middle school or uh, a black Southern church or you know what I mean. It's and and we don't they don't talk about that. You know what I mean because that's that's our own people. You know what I mean. It's like it's, well, and the, it's bullshit. And,
2: and the Pentagon isn't funding angry white guy groups. So, you know, I, you know, they say if you, if you subsidize apples, you're going to get apples. The U.S. government subsidizes radical Islamic terrorism. And then we're shocked that there's all this radical Islamic terrorism. And it's like, well, then stop giving them money and funding and training and calling them freedom fighters and then putting people in place that they hate. And setting like, I mean, you know, if, if you fund something, you're going to get more. Of it.
1: Well, then if you and then if you tell someone that they call you a liar and you're like, this is documented public like knowledge, public yeah. knowledge yeah, yeah. you can go and see that we we trained and armed al-qaeda you can go look at it right now it's very easy to do
2: and you very easy and you can't tell me it's not still happening we're gonna find out t- it's one of those you know it's a rolling thing we'll find out two years from you know in 2020 we'll find out what was happening in 2018 and in 2025 we find out what's happening in 2022 and people go oh but well, that was then oh, okay it's only been <laughs> yeah. happening for 60 or uh, 40 years or whatever I'm, I'm sure it's ended this very minute because um Uh, trump's in charge now um so i it's it that's crazy to me but i want to i want to promote this for you you have an upcoming debate uh this friday night at 9 p.m eastern is that correct yes uh with mike shipley on the anarcho redneck podcast Um, yes and uh it's being billed as a, a libsoc versus libcap debate um, uh, which I love because there are not enough portmanteaus in uh, libertarian uh, discussion groups already. So we've got to add more, more portmanteaus, but uh, for my normies out there, uh, that's basically, there's going to be a debate between a, a, you're a libertarian capitalist and uh, you're mm-hmm. going to be debating a libertarian socialist. Uh, and I'm definitely going to be tuning into that. Tell, tell me how, how you think that's going to go. <laughs>
1: well, I'm going to bring up, I'm going to bring up, uh, I'm going to paint them into a corner with ethics. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not about philosophy, it's about ethics and yep. Um, these are, these are ethical, normal uh, ideals to hold, you know, don't, don't hurt people. Don't take their shit. Right. You know, it's this, this is, I don't have to dig deep into the Murray Rothbard books and the, <laughs> and the Hayek books to, to, to win this argument. It's yep. uh, you know, you can, he's, he's gonna, he's going to come out swinging with all this long word, word salad stuff that he likes to have and about, you know, God, I don't even know. It's gonna, I'm, I'm going to try not to laugh, and then uh, and, and then I'm just going to come swinging with uh, well, for one, because he's going to he's going to use he's going to use John Locke on me immediately. But like, well, our stuff's in line with Locke and, uh private or, or property norms. Okay, that's cool. I don't agree with everything that John Locke says. You know what I mean? It's Unlocked like it's not like, the end all be I, all. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I think he had some very paradoxical views. And I don't need to use philosophy to win this argument. I only need to use ethics. At the end of the day, right. it is unethical to take people shit and and to hurt them uh, when they are not doing the same to you. So uh, I think it's I think he's going to get the floor. Uh, you know, mopped with him basically, and then he's uh, he's actually the following week or two weeks later, he's debating Patrick Smith, who's who's way better than I am. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a rough couple of weeks for old Mike Shipley, I think. So
2: this is he, he, you're the the when the champ is going after, he, he's thinking to the the challenge, oh. and then he gets beat up by the guy before him, the tune up fight, yeah. and so. That's, yeah. uh, I'm not yeah, calling yeah. you the tune-up fight, but that's the, that's yeah. You, 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 and he thinks, man, do I still want to debate the other guy too?
1: Yeah, it's the it's the uh, it's the gatekeeper for sure, <laughs> Patrick Smith. Uh, Patrick Smith is it's <laughs> amazingly defeat, intelligent.
2: When you defeat all the other lib caps, you must face the final boss. But you're going to beat him before that. So, and full disclosure, we here at My Fellow Americans and Muddied Waters Media are of the belief that communists and socialists are actually worse than wild hogs. Um, I think I I told Risa about this, Um, because even though uh, they are both violent squatters, uh, wild hogs uh, at least uh, take care of their families. And uh, also they have tusks, which I think are awesome. Um, So um, when I think about the fact that, you know, if the Libertarian Party comes and this is me again, I, I try my best not to get wide eyed. And I saw what they did to Alex Jones. I'm trying to avoid that. And, you know. The frogs are gay. If they want to be gay, they're gay. I, I have no idea why that is. Um, but um, when I consider the fact that if the Libertarian Party came to power, um, it would
1: Relinqu- to relinquish power.
2: Right. But if they were if they were to win elections, <laughs> if they, they they win the presidency, they win you know, uh, uh, I, and I'm, I'm you know filibuster proof majority. You know, whatever you want to call your your pie in the sky of 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 Libertarian victory, that would really end the country slide to socialism and and or at least threaten to end it. Um, and when I see the history and, and socialists know that, um, and when I see the history of socialists and communists infiltrating other groups and, and you know, just basically just to destroy them from within. And, and then I see someone like Matt, I'm going to butcher his
1: name, is it Kino Kuno? Kino? It, it, it's, it's, it's spelled weird, but it's actually Kino, like, like the like the Oh, like Kino name. Reeves? Yeah, like Keno, just Keno. Oh, okay. It's it's pronounced like K-E-N-O, Keno.
2: Oh, okay. So when I see people like Matt saying things like their goal is to bring in an endless stream of socialists into the party, not to bring them to socialism or to bring them to libertarianism, but just to have them in there. um, Am I being paranoid to think that, at least for some of these folks, this is an attempt by communists and socialists to sort of destroy the the capitalist propertarian roots of, of the, the libertarian party and sort of neutralize that threat to the to move towards socialism
1: no and a, a, as a matter of fact that's actually uh, been stated by several of them uh, you know <laughs> that never mind like yeah they, you know, that's <laughs> been like a public statement that I've seen some some of them make you know the, smash capitalism well, we're the party of capitalism right right, is right. anyone paying is anyone paying attention right. anybody yep. you know that's kind of it's 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 insane to me because we are I mean, we are the last line of defense against socialism. If you look at it, the Republicans support all kinds of socialism. The Democrats are are basically the party of socialists. Now, uh, the Green Party is the party of socialists. The right. DSA is actually the Democratic Socialist really of America. Socialist, yeah. You know, we are the last line of defense against socialism and communism in the United States as far as our you know political platforms go. And and we are the only runs running candidates that don't support socialism. Why on God's earth would we bring socialists into the party? The final I mean, just,
2: bastion of yeah, capitalism. It yeah. just
1: it's it's the most it, asinine thing I've ever seen in my life, and and I will continue to battle it on every front I possibly can.
2: Well, good. I, I salute you on that. I, I think it's like you said. Even the Republican Party, Republicans talk about capitalism. That's wonderful. I'm glad. I when I sit up to see a Republican talking about the wonders of capitalism, I'm it warms my cockles. Um, but 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 then they'll turn around and say something like, "We have to preserve Social Security," or they'll talk about you know strengthening whatever government program, the education or whatever else. Or they'll talk about even if they talk about decentralizing it, we'll give it back to the states okay, now it'll be state-by-state state socialism, but it's still, they're still, and, and, and you know, they, they do this with every, that Medicare, you know, uh, Bernie Sanders is a genius by relabeling uh, uh, socialized healthcare, Medicare for all, because Republicans have been defending Medicare for 25 years now so yeah. um i told someone i said you know single payers coming there's a good chance it will come under trump with with either a republican or democrat congress and at least half of you will find yourselves looking at a way to try to defend it um because you don't have uh, a philosophical backing behind your belief you're against the democrats and you're in favor of the republicans and which is why you're uh Talking points about capitalism can be just as easily supplanted with, you know, tariffs and protectionism and and you know immigration controls and endless war because you, you're you're not based on a philosophical underpinning of 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 self ownership, property rights, any of that stuff. It's it's whatever the Republican Party wants is 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 what I do too. So so which is fine. I mean, people have the right to whatever opinion they want. That the problem it's that, is, tri-
1: that tribalism. It is. It's, is it's, it's team sports.
2: You know Mm -hmm. the reality is that the uh, and I know I'm bringing this up because you and Risa with your your cowboy stuff, um, but ultimately the different football teams are all doing the same thing, and yet obviously to different degrees of I mean you know whoever wins did the best job at it, but no one's coming in and saying like let's play golf instead, and so but yet you see these teams and they talk about the other teams like you know like they're just not even doing the same thing, and it's like no this is this team was better at that or whatever. And you see that in, in politics, you know, a Republican will talk about a Democrat and a Democrat will talk about a Republican as though one is, you know, wants to destroy America and bring in all the Muslims and Mexicans so they can rape our, our children. And then the other one saying that the Republicans want to lock up everyone and, and, you know, throw away the key and force us all into being Christians. And the reality is that there's so little daylight between the actual policy prescription belief of, of yep. Republican politicians and, and Democrat politicians. It's a joke to me. So... When you have the Libertarian Party that is, you know, ostensibly fighting for actual capitalism and actual, you know, smaller government or even, you know, no government, but but at least smaller, radically smaller government, not just reducing the rate of growth or whatever, but actual reduction of government. And then you see an active element within it that's like, yeah, rent is theft and everything needs to be communally owned. Um, And Medicare
1: for all. Don't forget the Medicare for all that they're screaming for. Medicare for for all.
2: You want to tell me, oh no? but well, what we want is, you know, the 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 voluntary communism that will spring forth once we remove all of the hierarchies of the state. Oh, but Medicare for all, also by the way, as a transitory uh, step. And it's like, yeah. how are you any different than the anarcho-bourdertarians that are saying we need to turn the U.S. into a fortress ethno-state as a transitory step to libertarianism?
1: You know, to, yeah, to, yeah, to, well, to to end. To, well, we have to do that, then end. Then we can end welfare. Then we can <laughs> then we the can orders. then we can end the government. But first, we got to no, get rid of all those... nothing like uh, nothing like growing the state to fix a problem caused by the state.
2: And they're all doing the same thing. That yeah. that and that's the whole thing. Is it's like okay, great. How are you guys? It's it's like when I see Democrats and Republicans saying the same thing. When I see the you know the Chris Cantwell uh, uh, Chase Christopher Chase Rachel types and the and the Matt Kinos and the you know Mike Shipleys and whatever. And to me, it's like. You guys are arguing the same thing. You're both saying that we need to grow government for now because eventually that's going to lead to, and I don't believe either of them, neither one of them wants libertarianism. That's the, you know, they they want...
1: It's horseshoe theory confirmed.
2: Yeah, yeah, horseshoe theory confirmed. But it's the same arguments between the communists and the fascists hundred years ago. It's just now that they, they're a little more edgy and they listen to, you know, synth rock or whatever, but I mean, you know, but, but, but it's the same, it's the same. And they had neck beards back then too. So it's actually full circle. Um, mm-hmm. but they're having those same arguments now. And it's like, why, why do you have to have the libertarian party as
1: part I of just, it? I, I just want to point out that I do actually shave my neck. See, I'm growing. I'm growing a beard because I live in Texas now, and there's beautiful beards to be envious of everywhere. And I felt like I needed to fit in, so I'm kind of in the awkward stage. But, but i do shave it off there. See, I shave the neck. See, every time <laughs> I, I got into this with Risa
2: a little bit because I shaved right before, um, I or maybe the day before I interviewed her solely so that because I knew the conversation of neck beards was going to come up, and I didn't want to be like, you know, oh yeah, those neck beards are terrible. I have tried desperately to figure out where the line is. And it's always like, not enough, not enough, not enough. I'm headed to the gay bar. And I just can't like, <laughs> mine, mine is
1: definitely the jawline. You okay. Gotta, yeah, see, and that's, off of the jawline. yeah.
2: And that's the thing. My jawline, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's me, but, and, and if you go to a gay bar, I, I have no judgment about that whatsoever, but me personally, married man, I just, you know, whatever. So I, I'm, I'm trying to get that thing, but I, um, you had talked about Robin Kerner and, and weapons of mass persuasion. And, um, I've been, you know, Risa shares his stuff a lot and I've been reading it. And, uh, it talks about a lot of what you're talking about. Ask more questions to get where they are. First yeah. of all, people like being asked questions. Second of all, when you're talking to someone, and again, I'm in sales, any sales type situation, if I'm trying to sell you something, in this case, Liberty, everything I say to you, you're taking with a grain of salt because I'm another person. Everything you say is 100% the truth because you're saying it. So the more I can talk, have you talk, the more I can have you say what you believe, and then just sort of fit in there. Oh well, that sounds like you. Blah 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 blah. And you go, oh yeah, I guess I do. That in my mind is going to work a lot better than me. Like like you said, read Rothbard. Like you know, you know. Go here. Here is a. I'm going to email you a list of, of ebooks that you need to. You know.
1: Start with Pearson. Here's, here's, here's then, uh, like,
2: some Think Tank. Uh, you know, web search yeah, pages. Yeah. Here's uh, the Cato you, website. I need yeah. you to go through a through d and then we'll, we'll we'll circle back next week like you know people aren't going to do it so i am I'm, I'm glad to see that there are people um that are out there that are that are uh, a little more patient than i am i guess i guess you could say um because i am pure i'm ready to just meme my sky cloth demands promises <laughs> memes all over the like well
1: here's, here's the problem we libertarians are not known for their social expertise (laughs) uh you know and and i think we need i think we need more people with social expertise and so that's why i'm glad to see people like dave smith joining the party yeah yeah and stefan kinsella and tom woods and and uh you know uh, jason stapleton and you know those those guys are kind of like you know they're the majority of them are Austrian economics guys like me, but they also, they have that personality where they can just talk to anybody, which is really, really important for us as libertarians. And I think, you know, the one thing that we forget the most is that we have two ears and one mouth. And so we're always talking at people, always at, 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 at talking at people instead of, uh, you know, saying, tell me what you fear. What's your worries? How would you fix? Why the, are you politically
2: the, involved? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: How would you, how would you fix, uh, you know, the, the, The healthcare crisis. How would you fix this? How would you fix that? Oh, well, have you thought about looking at it from this, this, you know, this direction or, or have you looked into these, you know, these platforms or, or this party or, and, and so it's good to let people, come to their own beliefs through their own journey um, and and you can be a guide for that. But when you start telling them what to do and how to do it, uh, their inner libertarian is going to come out. And unfortunately, that inner libertarian is not educated on libertarianism. So all they know is they don't want to listen to what you have to say because <laughs> they're going to do their own thing. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And right, so- right, exactly. <laughs> It's really important that we remember that we have two ears and one mouth, and that we can not actually sit down with people and have conversations without telling them that they're statists and, and cucks.
2: and and, and say roads over and over again as if they even know yeah. what you're talking about. It's tough though when someone's like, "But what about roads?" And I'm, I, I, there are times I'm like, "My, my, my <laughs> God, I, yeah." And all right, I'm like, "My God, right. I had never considered right. the roads. Like, I mean, you know, like I hadn't thought about that, but but they hadn't thought about that. And the thing is, you have to meet them from the fact that when they think of government, they think of the fact that they have roads and they really haven't put a tremendous amount of thought into it. And so, you know, one of the ways I've been fairly good at, at, at getting some people on the left against gun control, or at least backing off of it a little bit, simply by asking them questions about like the police and Mm -hmm. the prison state and how, you know, people of color and, and, and disadvantaged communities are disproportionately targeted with unfair laws and whatever. And I'll say, you know, after having that conversation, I'm like, okay, how many more people of color does Donald Trump need to lock up before you feel sufficiently safe? Like gun, you know, it, gun, it, gun regulations
1: are uh, gun regulations are racist. period. I'll, plain civil I'll the say, very right? first
2: re- The yeah. very first gun laws in the u.s. were written in southern states to prevent freed slaves from owning guns. That, in my yeah. mind, is the end of the conversation.
1: It's the same with the drug war too. A lot a lot of these policies were created ra- racially, you know, the three strikes law but the it, you know brought in by Bill Clinton. I yeah. mean, these laws, if you look at them, they disproportionately affect the the black community. That's what they do. That's what they were created to do. That's and and it's it's always bums me out to see uh you know the black community joining the left, but I am I am seeing a lot more of that community start to kind of open their eyes to um, to libertarianism, and here's a big here's a big problem. You know, people are always talk about how it's always these white people and libertarianism. Well, here's the problem: our candidates are terrified to go into the black communities. That's the problem. That's the biggest problem, and I've seen that, and I've started to see some of our candidates who are like you know, maybe I need to go to the other part of town. You know what I mean? Which it's like, dude, seriously, you're running for governor of the state. You absolutely should. You need to go let people know that these policies that the government are putting out are their geared. Yeah, you the, know, the very people that are being disproportionately, tar-
2: I can talk to a white person about the prison, to, to, the, 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 the prison pipeline all day long, and they'll get it in theory. Or I oh, yeah, can sure. talk to someone who has like four close relatives in prison right now on a drug rap. Who's going to be more receptive to my message about because they already are against the drug war more than likely because they've seen firsthand, you know, and and without getting too far into it, uh, it was Black Democrats, the Congressional Black Caucus, in the in the 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 height of the the crack epidemic, who demanded that Reagan institute the the zero tolerance policy. That clearly failed.
1: So. yeah, these these policies if, if you look at who they affect, they affect uh the the lower class yep. in general. Yep, yep. Uh, they they affect inner city communities, they yep. affect the black community, they affect the people that the government truly doesn't care about. Right. But right. they wanna get them as dependent on the government as possible. And that's what all these these policies are 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 enacted for. And so when we could start opening people's minds to that stuff and not staying in our echo chamber and talking to these people about that stuff, it's going to change a lot of minds because it's true. You know, we we have 60% or no 75% of the people that are locked up on drug charges right now are locked up on drug charges with no victim. There was no victim you know, it's, it's, it's asinine. And so we need, we need to really start looking at our outreach. It's, it's been horrible. And and that's why, that's why I think that, you know, the personalities are a good thing. You know, people are always talking about, oh, he's a cult of personality. No, he just has personality. He has
2: a personality. (laughs) He has a personality. (laughs) And he spoke to, I mean, specifically Trump and, and Bernie Sanders too, terrible policies. They spoke to people's fears. Bernie Mm -hmm. Sanders speaks to people's fears of not having health care or their kids not being able to get, you know, go to college or, you know, uh, uh, uh guns people be being shot to death or whatever. He's speaking to people's fears. Trump is also in favor of all those things. So he spoke to those fears too, cause he, <laughs> for, you know, no semblance of small government conservatism ever again. Um, but, uh, he spoke to those fears too. And then he spoke to people's fears of being displaced by immigrants or, or of, you know, losing jobs to China or whatever else. But those are legitimate fears that people have. the, Belief of what's happening isn't legitimate because the problem isn't immigrants and the problem isn't you know free trade. It's 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 government involvement in those things. But their fear is legitimate. They they lost their job. They 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 lost their job and saw that now their job is being done in Mexico or it's being done here by someone who doesn't speak English. And and so they spoke to those fears. They didn't say, well, you know, the uh, philosophical underpinning of the Republican Party. Uh, says that blah 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 blah. They spoke to those fears, so I, I I'm I'm glad to see that you that you're that you know people in in, in that are in the Libertarian Party see that you got to meet people where they are and you got you got to speak to what it is that even has them involved in politics in the first place.
1: My God, Spike, are you talking about populism? <laughs> are you talking about Are you talking about dealing with people's popular fears? Going outside and and, and oh talking God. to Look. human beings. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the thing, Spike. There's two words that win elections. It's hope and change. That's what people want. They want hope. They want they want to have a hope. They want to know that their fears are going to be taken care of. Right. And there's change because they're voting for someone new because they don't think the last person's doing something right. Hope and change are what win elections. Yep. You know, and and we've seen it. And so you know, when people start using this populism word, I'm always like. Well, what does that mean like you, you don't want to do what's popular as far as okay these people are We're worried about education yeah <laughs> you guys want to be you guys want to be unpopular i like no we want to be the majority we want to take over the senate you know what i mean right we wanna, right right we, we want to leave everyone alone so we need to get to people and talk to them and find out what their fears are. And and that's, you know, finding out what the popular thing is. You know, everyone's talking about this blue wave right now. And I can see some of the people in our party want to ride the blue wave. Uh, It's not going to work for us because, you know, shit's antithetical to what we're doing. Why would Um, it? Yeah. Why would it? Yeah. (laughs) But but so we, we need to be popular we need to go out and be popular and have a personality and talk to people and find out what their fears are and tell them how our policies are the uh, you know least invasive and and most peaceful ways to achieve what they're looking for in society that is a, that is being popular that is showing people that we can be popular and so you know that populism word really holds no it holds no weight over me whatsoever yeah I, no. I, I, know,
2: I know there are people that associate populism with protectionism mercantilism, um, you know, big government and things like that. Um, and I, I'm not as positive on, ter- on terminology, but if we're talking about being popular,
1: just yeah. Populism. Well, so, so Murray Rothbard wrote a paper on, on right-wing populism and said okay. that we needed to, we needed to, you know, go and, and do outreach to the, to the right wing, because that's how we were going to, you know, grow as a party. well, you know, I don't really agree with it, and and he was talking about all kinds of weird shit, like reaching out to you know David Duke and the KKK. And all <laughs> to right. we to I'm all. i You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not gonna go reach out to the KKK, especially we don't need them to win, uh, you know, votes. But talk but, about so populism. Yeah, we probably don't need. Yeah, po- so populism. You know, was you know this thing? You know, Murray Rothbard wanted to you know be popular to the right. You know, you know, bring these ideas and bring them over to the party. Right. Well, I want to do that to everybody. Yeah, I want to be. I don't want to be a right wing or left wing populist guy. I just want to be popular. Well, that, you know what that, I mean. That, and I don't mean personally. I mean the party. I mean our ideology. I mean our our philosophy. I want it to be popular. Right. And, and we can't do that by yelling status in people's faces. Oh, you
2: can't. No, damn, it. it doesn't work. I was trying so hard. I just was waiting for them to go. Oh, okay. Well, then, who's your candidate? We'll vote for him. Um, oh, I'm a status. All oh, right, I got oh, it. Oh, you're I'm a status? Well, I don't want to be a status. That sounds terrible. I don't even know what that is. Um, but uh, t- to that end of reaching out to the right, I know you're a member of the the Mises Caucus, and um, I'm in that Facebook group. And frankly, I haven't seen any of the uh, white supremacy or calls for a Nazi takeover of the
1: U.S. that I keep hearing about. What gives with that? Isn't that shocking that you're in the waiting? Group and you've I'm like, never seen that stuff. When are they gonna and, say and I should be killed for and being the funny Jewish? thing? Is, is is there's like over 3,600 people in that group now, and uh, and and a lot of those people aren't even actually technically in the core caucus, and they're not even like right wing Nazi take over the country kind of people. So I don't, I don't know, man. You know, uh, any minute a, now, it's coming. Yeah, there's there's a there's a, there's a there's a small but very loud minority in this party that um equates anything auburn. Uh, with with um, neo confederacy and right, right. nazism, and it's like, would you listen to Tom Woods' podcast? He's not a neo confederate. He calls for an end of the empire, and he you know supports individualism and and ending the drug war, and it's like. How can you sit there and think that any of that is neo-Confederacy? If, if you have ever listened to Tom, Tom Woods podcast, if you have ever listened to Dave Smith, if you have ever read Stephen Kinsella or, or Gene Epstein or any of these people, you would know that you're being dishonest. You know what I mean? They talk about uh, the
2: fact that like when I was a four, like they're talking about like 1985. Tom Woods was in the Sons of the South or something. No, like Le- that.
1: League of the League of the South. League and was, in fact, them. he only went to like the first meeting, and it was like a meeting of scholars. Jeffrey Tucker brought him there. You know, Jeffrey what I Tucker,
2: mean? known white nationalist.
1: Jeffrey yeah, Tucker, Yeah, known, known, known white nationalist. Known white. Yeah, uh, Jeffrey Tucker brought him there. There was some really big scholars there. Uh, there was a vote taken to go in a direction, uh, two different directions. One of them was to, I don't know, preserve. Southern culture or something stupid. Right, and then right, the other right. one, the other one was to talk about, you know, a succession of States and individuals and, right, and right, Tom right. voted for that. Tom voted for that one. He lost, he didn't stick around. And, and that was pretty much the extent of his involvement with the league of the South. And so, so just because he did that and then, and then, and then, you know, 10, 20 years later, uh, the League of the South decides that they're about, uh, you know, preserving the heritage of white Anglo-Saxons or whatever. And Tom's like, hello, I haven't even been around them for like 15 years, 16 you have, years. You have, it's not like,
2: okay, there are people that's like, yeah, but what else has he said since then? We don't know that he doesn't think. That.
1: You have hundreds
2: of podcasts. No, there's that,
1: over 1,400 podcasts.
2: You over a thousand, you got, you, we're, we're closing up on 2,000 podcasts. Yeah.
1: Listen, like, I mean, listen. at
2: this, at any minute, the man's going to be a Nazi. I'm just waiting for it. And yeah. uh, I'm going to go, He's
1: going out. Oh, and then, and then he had, oh, well, he had Chris Cantwell on his show in 2014. Cool. I used to follow Chris Cantwell it's, in 2014, that was when he too. Was like <laughs> a, uh, yeah, that was when he was an actual libertarian. That's, yeah. yeah so he's, I mean, he's man-cap. He didn't become a brutalist until, like, two years ago, that out would of the be blue, like randomly. That would be, like, apparently socialist
2: going after Matt because, you know, someone that had Matt on their show, uh, you know, uh in, in the past when when he was a capitalist or something like that, yeah. you know, like, people... People change and, and you know the 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 Cantwell thing was like, well, Cantwell wasn't what he is and he wasn't a fascist at the time. The Sons of the South thing is just like or no, the League of the South thing yeah. is just like it was four. Like I was yeah. like, it was like nineteen eighty five or eighty six or something. Like, who the
1: hell Yeah, is he? I think like, th- even if Tom, he was a racist back then twenty five years ago. I think Tom was like eighteen or nineteen yeah, or twenty even or if something. He, even if he had fully believed in that back then, now knowing
2: he doesn't, the fact that you're still appealing to that. Talib Kweli, demonstrates that you have no clue what you're talking about with the guy. It's just, it's hilarious to me. And I mean, he's he's a minarchist, so I'm not... You know there are things I don't agree with him on, but I'm not going to call a man a, a Nazi.
1: So, but
2: anyway, I, I wouldn't. Just, I, I let... wouldn't
1: say that Tom is a minarchist. I wouldn't even say that Tom wants to completely end the empire. He oh, talks about it quite there, yeah. quite frequently. I think he he's a little further. Uh, he's he's a couple exits further than, than minarchist. I would say, but but yeah, it's just uh, it's it's insane to to hear it every time I hear it. Like all I can think about is, man, you guys are so. Dishonest, just—I yeah. mean, it's it's appalling how dishonest it was. And and when they were doing it before my chair run, it, it didn't affect me personally, Right. I, right, right. I, I knew they were wrong. But then they started doing it to me during my chair run, calling me a Nazi, calling me an uh, alt right interest. and and I've been calling out the alt right publicly. I know, for I know, I know. That's that, when yeah. I
2: sent you a friend request. It was in the midst of all that when you were calling out the alt right people. And I'm like, finally, some other ANCAP who's like, you know, not. <laughs> you know, saying, well, maybe just a wall for now. Like, you know, I was like, okay, thank God. There's still other ANCAPs who aren't, you know, putting on MAGA hats. And uh, right. and so, yeah, yeah. So, so no, yeah. I, so when I, then when I saw people and they were, they tied you to the fact that one of your friends was in some Nordic culture group or something like that.
1: It's yeah, like, I have a. He had a I have shirt,
2: a, and it was like, "No, this is what they, you're using?" I'm like, "It oh. was
1: way deeper than that, Spike. You have no idea." I, I so uh, you know, there's a, a gentleman in the Libertarian Party of Florida named Ryan Ramsey. Right. Who used right. to be at, at one point was a skinhead in the in L.A. in like the '90s, <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and and he's not anymore. But he's a he's a member of the American Guard who has a platform that I don't agree with. Right. Um, you know, they they are. Uh, um, Oh God, how do you explain it? They, they want pretty radical immigration control. And I'm not a fan of that, you know, being an ANCAC myself. And I've had many, many, many like arguments with Ryan Ramsey over this. Um, but at the same time, he's not trying to bring that to the Libertarian Party. And he has stated over and over and over again, that that's not why he's here. He's uh, he's created, I think, eight new county affiliates in Florida. He's working on the uh, he's working on a or he was working on a gubernatorial candidate can, uh, campaign for a black cuban uh, you know they it's white like nationalist it's, that he is show what, me where the white nationalism is right, you know i right, met right. the guy in person and so i took a picture with him at the florida uh, state convention and i took pictures with everybody at the florida state, florida state convention if you haven't seen me i take pictures with my thumbs up it's kind of what i did you and,
2: had national pictures where you were with james weeks and
1: matt and the rest of them like yeah, you had pictures yeah. with everyone <laughs> like that And i still don't like socialism I right, still don't uh, yeah exactly yeah, I'm still screaming fuck socialism, right? No, I I so here here's the thing. I took a picture with him and the in the internet went crazy. The libertarian anti-fascist started saying that I supported fascism and Nazism and 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 uh you know I, it, never mind the fact that last year I told Augustus Invictus that he should uh fight me in a cage for charity. <laughs> um <laughs> you know, and then and then he he made some asinine uh, endorsement of my campaign the day of the yes I remember that and, I remember and then that. made some forty minute video the next day about how he he single handedly destroyed my campaign and I came to the edge of a forest and he was waiting there for me he was a beast and I'm like dude you block because I challenge you to an MMA fight for charity like what kind of beast are you and uh, so yeah it's um you know i am never sport I'm half Israeli I, I don't know if you know that Maybe, oh, I think no, you I and I know. talk about it no actually yeah uh, you
2: did tell me that yeah.
1: Yeah, and I'm. I'm not a Nazi. I don't support Nazism. I think, uh, like, like you like, said, why are
2: you even having to say that? Like, it's just, it's just insane to me that it's like unless someone actually says something that sounds Nazi, why would you, uh, you know, before you talk to him, are you a Nazi? Like, of course, I'm not a Nazi. Like, I mean, that. that it,
1: why would you ask? Why would you like,
2: even ask that? Like, if I if I haven't, if I'm not, if you don't see me Heiling or you know or 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 saying you know. Uh, I, I have to tell you, we, I had an episode with Matt, the the other person on, on Muddy Waters of uh, Woody, Muddy Waters Media, and we got into kind of a rabbit hole about how we like the Autobahn and Fanta and Bo- Volkswagen Beetles, and we had to dial it back because we're like, okay, but we're not Nazis. We just like Fanta Get a little picture, yeah. We're like, yeah, yeah. Everybody. So, but even that, yeah. it's like, you know, I I, just, I I don't I don't get it, but but it is, it's you know. If you have nothing else, you just ridicule the person and make false accusations. If you can't yeah. debate them on the sure. ideology, then then you have to go after them personally and make if up.
1: If you're stuff. losing a debate, scream Nazi and hope that the court of public opinion gets your back. That's basically what the new uh, left tactics are. You know, we're going to twist words up. We're going to definitions don't matter anymore. We're going to call everybody that we don't like a Nazi until people hate them. Uh, this is this is the tactics of the left, and it's one of the reasons why I so vehemently oppose bringing them into the party because. You know, we can't let that infect our very logical thinking uh, free market party. We just can't. And so, um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that's the kind of dishonest tactics that are coming out of that that camp. And and uh, it, it was always funny every morning during my chair campaign. I, I wondered who I was going to be uh, when I woke up in the morning. I wonder what new thing. <laughs> Was going to be circulating the internet. I always woke up and I was tagged in a new page. Like he's a Satanist,
2: li- yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was like
1: tagged in the libertarian anti-fascist page, or or no Nazis, no Nazi libertarians in Florida, or dankertarians or yeah, uh, the libertarian like, socialist caucus. I, sh- I was shocked
2: by the smear campaign against just you, and yeah. I'm like, this is like, you know, we're talking about a a a. a, a, a a chair position for for the libertarian Party, like it was like it was a, a statewide like a senate race or something like i was like what the insane amount of of uh of smearing and and again and i knew it was all crap and i'm like why do they care so much but it's because you if if if, if you're making it clear that something isn't welcome it's eventually going to leap the reason that the nazis didn't you know take over the libertarian party when when it was looking like they might want to you know, when the, all of a sudden the ANCAPs became anarcho-fascist, whatever you want to call them. Um, it's not you know, a thing. Yeah, it's at yeah, yeah, some, some Anarcho-fascism, anarcho-fascism libertarian socialism. Dark peopleists dark people. or whatever. Yeah, whatever they <laughs> called it. There was a very clear, like, you know, that the, the Libertarian Party was like, we're against this. We don't support it. This is not what mm-hmm. we're about. Why wouldn't you do the same thing with communists? If you want to, you know, you're talking about oh, well, we can't, the argument that, well, we can't get rid of the communists because that'll make the party smaller because god knows in a nation of 325 million people the best way to make sure your party grows is to have communists in it like i, I, I that was the stupidest argument to me i get why people are scared to scare away people in a small party but you got to think bigger picture here we're not worried about getting another 50,000 supporters you're talking about getting 60 million votes in a in a yeah. world in a nationwide election or you know 10 million votes in a statewide election and you're not going to do that with with communists threatening to kill everybody
1: no, you're not it's not going to work and and uh and and all you got to do is look at like the d s a and any of the socialist uh you know parties or movements right. they always splinter they always they turn into a new party they splinter off the four other parties they half the party doesn't want to work in electoral politics it's like there's a reason why and 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 there's a reason why they don't ever get a strong foothold it, and we can't let that come and take over the one party that is pushing back on that stuff all right, the time. Right, you know right. what I mean? Well, and you, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty insane, man. The whole thing just blows my mind. E- I, even in their revolutions,
2: you know, the, 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 the Bolshevik resolution, then they split into the Bolsheviks and the Mensheviks and they have an election and there's like 15 different parties. The Bolsheviks lose, uh, 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 Lenin completely ignores it, which is, um, you know, when people give me a hard time about making Pinochet jokes and I'll say, well, you know, just think of Pinochet as, uh, thinking that, uh, uh, Alende was anti-revolutionary and he, and he just, you know, he, he canceled the election. Just think about about it that way. And now it's okay. But, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm glad to see people fighting against communism. So Joshua Smith, thank you so much for joining my show before I let you go. Um, any final thoughts, anything that you want to plug, please use my show to promote anything you possibly want to, um, uh, before we go.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you got, anybody can follow me at Joshua Smith, uh, uh lnc at large on facebook i um you know i post some fire memes from time to time and some text posts and cool stuff like that uh i also have a twitter uh joshua at what is it joshua smith and at like the at sign large i think um and uh definitely go check out think-liberty.com uh you know like we said earlier we do have a podcast as well uh, it's usually a roundtable discussion with uh, the you know the four founders of Think Liberty, and we usually have Killian Hobbs or somebody cool like that on. Uh, we have the meme page uh, at um, Facebook TL or ThinkLiberty.tl TL on Facebook. Uh, we got a YouTube channel. We got we got all that good stuff, um, and uh, and the website has a bunch of really cool articles and interviews and cool stuff. So check it out, um, and I appreciate everyone tuning in.
2: Absolutely, and sign up for the Libertarian Party at lp dot org. I assume
1: is the. Yeah, LP.org. But more importantly, first, go join your state party. Okay. Go join your state party. The state parties need help immediately. Um, we would love to have you as a member of National, too. It's $25 a year. You can usually join your state party for like $5 a year. That's you know that's how much the help they need. Uh, some state parties have like a volunteer uh, where if you volunteer a certain amount of hours you can you know keep your membership that way so cool. really cool stuff uh, we have candidates running all over the country and we have a ton of elections in november so find a local libertarian candidate to help win because that you know those local politics all, all politics is local and so um, those are the ones you're going to feel the most and if you can get a libertarian into a state rep position you're going to see uh legislation start getting hacked which is something that we need to do
2: all over the place. You want your local people to leave you alone as well. not just on the, on the top level. Yeah. Don't,
1: don't just focus on who we're going to run as a president in 2020, because uh, at the end of the day, we're probably not going to win the presidential election in 2020, Uh, but you can win some state rep elections. You can win some secretary of state and uh, you know, you know state senator and uh city council and these are these are winnable races for us all over the country and all you got to do is get out there and help somebody so cool
2: cool well thank you again um stick around i'm going to i'm going to talk with you a little bit more while we're doing the outro uh, and i'll get the uh the links for uh for your different stuff to put in the show notes later um but again thank you so much for joining my show i really appreciate it
1: yeah i appreciate it too spike uh, very much guys
2: thank you. thank you again for joining the show before i let you go uh i want to remind you again of our uh, hashtag campaign uh, hashtag Matandis. Uh that is where we were trying to get Candace Owens to go on a date with Matt and uh so far uh, we have not yet gone viral uh, so we need to uh we need to if Candace if you're watching uh, or if any very close friends of Candace uh, are watching uh you know we think Matt Matt Wright is the uh is the right guy for Candace so anyway guys thank you so much for joining me Joshua again thank you for joining me and uh everyone thank you again and uh, we will we will see you next week